yeah, so I guess we're just gonna hang out. I don't know if this is gonna be like something that goes live or what. This is just kind of something we're experimenting with. Yeah. Um, I guess we could just, uh, if you guys want to post questions, we're probably gonna start our own, our own conversations about audio and such. Um, and then we're gonna post, uh, and then if you guys want to ask questions and stuff, I guess you guys can ask follow-up. But if you guys have any, like, conversation starters, feel free to post that too. Um, otherwise we're just gonna be hanging and talking. I'm gonna shut down all questions, uh, uh related to my legitimacy to be here doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris doesn't, Chris doesn't count as a real, no. uh, sound designer. <laughs> he has no right to be here. He faked his way. Yeah, so Chris, it sounds like you, uh, it seems like you really haven't done anything ever in this field. Why are you, uh, uh telling us how to, how to, what to do? And it's I, like, don't know. I don't know. Next question. <laughs> Shut um, up, little girl. Uh, so, okay, the re the real reason Chris is a part of Blip Sounds, uh -oh. I'm being completely honest, is, uh, well, Chris also, he, he does have legitimacy entirely. He's a very good sound designer. That's but funny. he is very, um, Chris is a problem solver. Like, Chris straight <sighs> up will just take on anything that you ask him to do, and he will figure out how to do it. There is no, like, oh, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. He knows that things that have to be done and learned need to be, need to, like, have a lot of time to be put towards that skill. And um, I think that's a really valuable thing to have, I guess, as a, as a person and somebody that you work with. Um, it's just like, it's, it's a, I think it's a confidence thing, too, I would say. Ah, okay. Well, here I'm. I well, let me uh, let me dig up my response to that real quick. Are you? <laughs> I just like gave a whole explanation. I'm trying to like dive into a topic, and you're just you're not playing tennis with me at all. You're like, yeah, just uh, just one second. <laughs> I was gonna. Well, see, I was going to respond with a comic that I got from somebody today about being. Yeah, but this is a recording, Chris. <laughs> right, and I was gonna. It was gonna be quick, but my internet's acting a fool, so now it's ruined. But basically, uh, comments are pain to me. But this is great. I'm nice to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just don't like. I really enjoy solving problems. My favorite thing about engineering is that you're forced to find a solution within a set of confinements. And yeah. So it's just like, oh, that's a what a great little challenge. It's like that quote I gave you yesterday about the uh, from that thing I was looking at that I don't remember. Um, oh, the um, the limitations one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a good quote. I, I think the quote was something like uh, "Limitless is the enemy of creation" or something like that or creativity. Uh, yeah, something like that. This is when editing's super handy. Situations like this. And now I can't find that quote either, but yeah, it was basically like art is nothing without limitation or something. True. Ooh, Austin, do you play Melee? Nobody here is getting fat checks, I promise. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you, you can make a lot of money in sound design, but I promise you, we are not getting fat checks. No, we have very emaciated <laughs> checks that might die if we tried to feed them. <laughs> What do we have here? Well, Freddie Mac. Dude, Freddie's our, uh, I think Freddie's probably our biggest Twitter follower. I think he's like, he's always posting stuff and like tagging us and sounds he's making. Ooh. Um, that's very, very nice. supportive. Yeah. How you doing, Freddie? If you, or Frederick, I don't know what you would want to go by, but uh, feel free to chat in the Blipstream chat if you're Never mind. To hang. Oh, okay. Welcome no, back. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> so, Chris, what should we, uh, what, I'm gonna pull up some topics for us because I think that we should just uh, kind of start coming up with like a, uh, a crappy starting point. Um, why, you know, why don't we talk about Community? Okay, uh, the show. No, Six seasons like, in a movie. 
yeah, yeah. Let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about friends. Okay. Oh, the just... show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that um, one thing that I've been really focusing on lately is just community as a whole. Um, like I think that, and it's really nice that Blip Sounds is just has such a cool community and everyone's so nice here. Mm-hmm. I, I just kind of feel like uh, when you have a community like this, you can kind of like I don't want to I don't know what to say about it from like a a work standpoint but like comparing it to the game audio meetup that you guys have in seattle for Mm -hmm. example you guys just have so many awesome people as a part of one big group correct um and everybody kind of benefits from that and i kind of feel like people crave that and look for that and that's kind of what blip sounds has become a little bit Mm -hmm. over the years Um, yeah environmental acceptance is a very wonderful thing that seems kind of common knowledge but i moved out here from a place where that really was not the case and it's so nice when you realize that that's what it is that you get and why everything is so much nicer yeah and do those that game audio media group is like it feels like cheating every single time i go because here is a room full of you know triple a people veterans people have been doing this forever and they just get together and have beers and joke around and i don't know man it's such a weird the game, the audio community in general is a very odd thing. <laughs> Y'all are a bunch of weirdos. There's a documentary that I've been watching and pushing on a lot of people lately called I Know That Voice, and it's about voiceovers and, and all of the people who do like every cartoon you've ever heard of, and they just talk about their job and their friends and what it's like to be in that field. And they said one of the things that's really nice about the voiceover community is like whenever you get... Like if you get an offer for something that you don't want to do or you don't get the audition or it falls apart for you in some way, you you would say something like, oh, well, you know, call this guy. I think he'd be great for this role. It's very supportive in that way. And yeah. it's very separate from different industries. And I think the game audio community is very much like that. I, I hear people like someone will tell me, you know, I've recommended you for like five other gigs. And it's like, I didn't even know that you remembered I existed after I stopped talking to you. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's funny. I, yeah, I I think that somebody, I think somebody in the Game Audio Training Series uh, asked me the other day uh, about people in his local community that there were, he was talking about sound designers that were like way too competitive and they would just be there for like all business, just like drop business cards and like, mm. just like very like, not, not being very personal. Um, and I just don't think that really goes a long way for, I mean, I think, I think everybody knows that, but like, right. um, he was asking how should he react to that? Because if you have somebody like that in your community and what happens if like, it's, you're the only one that wants to be supportive and everybody else in your community isn't supportive, you know, like what mm. if, what if everyone else in the community is just very selfish? Um, and my response was to just like, play it off like everybody's a supportive community member and do nice things for it. I mean, you just have to stand out and not and, and not give in to that negativity, I feel like. Yeah, I think that sounds like a, a, a kind of a really nice situation to be in because then if you're the type of person who just, your general disposition is to be nice and be supportive and do things for other people. Like just because you're surrounded by people who aren't, that's all, all that's going to do is make everybody want them to be more like you yeah a hundred percent and and then because when you're when you're talking to if you're trying to find work 
like this is all business talk, I think, yeah. to a degree. Like when you're when you're trying to make friends in the industry, or you're trying to get a job, really the first step is just making friends.、Mm-hmm. Like you can't just you can't just drop your business card somewhere. You, you have to make friends, and you have to be personable, and you have to get to know people. And I think、yeah. that's really it's always the first step. Just make friends, and then work on your skills. And and I think that's kind of just like the natural dichotomy of what marketing yourself and building yourself up is. It's working on yourself, aka working on your sound design, working on all that stuff, and then making friends.、Mm-hmm. And when you're in a place like where you are, at least for in Seattle, or you're in an area where there's an abundance of sound design work and such,、um, you totally can just utilize your friend connections and the people that you've met.、Um, Yeah, over time, because people will absolutely appreciate you more for just being a friend first, and they'll want to work with you more and all of that. Yeah, for sure. I've made, I made a couple of friends out here. Like、uh, my first big friend was Akash, and I'm starting to get kind of buddy with Will Roger. Oh, Will's great.、I、yeah, Will's Will. fantastic. He did the keynote at GSC, and we didn't go to it. But <laughs> we should, we should actually get Adam Croft here. For another interview, Adam's yeah, Adam's great. I love Adam. He's I I I had a he gave me a weird impression when I first met him, but I I love、yeah. him. I kind of have a weird impression of him he, too. He, he came off well. Here's the deal. He he did an interview for the Game Audio Trading series with us, and he was he was just so he was shit talking Akash so much, and and it's for everyone listening like. Adam and Akash are best friends. Like <laughs> Adam, Adam and Akash love each other, but、yeah. they hate. But Adam hates Akash as a joke.、Um, but just but overall, like, like his approach, he seemed very rough and like. Yeah, and I. But that's what I love about him. Like he, he's.、Right. And I, I, I think it's serious too. It's, it's. It kind of makes it hard for me to want to talk to him just because of the way <laughs> he came off in an interview. But he seems like a perfectly nice guy in person. It's just like、he's、I wish I had、nice. had that. Yeah, I think I, I, I don't know what happened. I, I got to ask him about that. Well, I. I talked to him when I went to Seattle. He was like, I introduced myself in person, and that was my first time meeting him. And he just like looked down and smiled because <laughs> he know exactly how that. Because <laughs> he knows it. Because everybody. Because he would.、Uh, he got messages from other people about the interview, and they were just like, "Yeah, there's like a, there was like a two-hour interview, and there's like thirty minutes where you were just." Shit talking, Akash, <laughs> and just I don't know everyone too. Like he, I don't know. I really don't want to make him sound awful because he's definitely not. No, no. I, like, d- go check out Adam Croft. He's great. He's a cool guy.、Um, I think it's AdamTCroft.com if you want to check. Oh、him. yeah, because he has all the educational stuff he's talking about doing. When he was on the Game Audio Training Series interview last year, he told me he was going to do a rebrand and like he was working on new course material and stuff. Oh、so. okay. Yeah. Um, but Adam's hilarious. He's he's super funny and just he 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 just likes being friends with people. I think that's、yeah. what it comes down to. As opposed、um, to the rest of us who can't stand having friends. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's why. Like I, <laughs> I wanted to start this community for me. I wanted to. I did this because I I wanted to just solely benefit from it. Well, that's well. I imagine when you joined, there was only like two hundred people here too. So now it's getting big, and like、oh, I'm out of here. This is getting crowded. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Austin, how long have you been part of the Blip Sounds community? Actually, how many members were here when you joined? Actually, everybody in the chat, how long have you been here for? If you if you're available to t- chat, okay, almost a year. Yeah, that sounds about right. You joined right around the time of Pack South, actually. I think because、ah. I remember you being. I don't. I don't think it was for Pack South, but okay. 
Oh yeah, we know yeah. all about you, Tolan. And you come in here and start winning the competition. Yeah, it's nobody. He walks in. Yeah, he's like, Watch you just this. come in here for two months and you're <laughs> the best sound designer in the community. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're already the blip king. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Carlos, I thought you've been around here longer because you you participated in the very first competition. Oh, that would have been July. That was in August. 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 So yeah, when you pushed that, because I talked to you at PAX and you were pushing the sound design competition, you must have only just had one before I entered. Yeah, I, no, I well, I, I just I just remember I remember your logo and your uh, your name. Verblend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember it in the in the first competitions um, that were posted. Anyways. Everybody gets like the live behind the scenes while we're <laughs> the final ones gonna be like, nope, no community here. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, like I, I'm just like you're cutting out the the call, whatever we're talking to the community and such. Oh yeah, because yeah, just cut seventy percent of it. Yeah, welcome to the next episode of Blipcast. Um, <laughs> nothing happens, and I'll see you guys later. <laughs> yep the the Discord server is a mirage. You can't you can only find it if you're not trying to get there. <laughs> it's full of bots. None of these people are real. Yeah, you'll go to Google one day and the Blip Sounds server will just show up or something like that. For those of you listening, post here. Uh, uh, Jay Tolan looked on the site and he said, rules to get people replying to your emails. Um, that's something on Adam Croft's site. Ooh, um, I hate, my problem is that I don't send people emails. And that's, yeah, that, that couples up pretty well with a little inside info I got from Akash recently. It was like, when you're meeting new people in sound design, the community, and it's like, just berate them until they agree to hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> that is, hold on. I think we need to I think we need to clarify that advice before we just put that out there. <laughs> for our sake and for Akash's sake. Yeah, yeah. You... <laughs> well yeah, because he was like, you know, these people are just busy and if you just if you just be persistent without oh, totally. being outrageous, then you will eventually I... meet them and, and that's how you get good networking. And I was like, it's it's kinda of funny because I was I realized as he was telling me that I was like, that's what I've been doing to you since July. Like I've been trying to get him to have lunch with me for months. And yeah. he's already, yeah, we're, we're all, you know, fingers crossed for the end of the month, like he said, but. <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. No, it won't. I have no expectations. Yeah, you'll, you'll have lunch with me before you have lunch with him. <laughs> yeah, I'll eat lunch specifically at lunchtime on that day before I talk to him, just because I'm so confident that he'll cancel on me. That's not true. I don't think he will. I, I just want to say, I think Chris is one of the few, like, you're one of the few people, actually, who's really, really good at being friends without any other like business expectations on top of it um i think that a lot of people like try to be friends but like they aren't able to like become like their true selves around other people um because they're they're there for work at, at first most and they have that pressure to like get work and such um, but i feel like you're actually really good at like you have genuine curiosity when you're talking to other people yeah i don't I'm just so bad at pretending. So if it's like, if I'm asking a question, it's because I do want to know the answer to it. And I'm not sure at what point I will feel like I am a professional sound designer that blah, 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 blah. And so it's like, well, if I just meet a uh -huh. cool person and now they're a cool <laughs> friend of mine and they also happen to do this thing I'm trying to do, like Akash is always throwing my name in hats for different gigs that I don't know anything about. And I don't, right. I'm not friends with him for that reason. I'm friends with him because we can have conversations and Simpsons quotes. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, but it just goes back to that, that supportive nature of the community that I was talking about earlier, where it's like, he does that be, not because I told him I want him to just because he would love to see me do well as I do him. And so I spent all my time over at game sound con, hanging out with the guys at Strikecast, And we sort of had an agreement yeah. like, Hey, if we get 
you know, if we get a gig for composition and they need sound design too, I'll tell them to talk to you guys. And then we, I was, you know, we kind of had vice versa where it's like, if we find a sound design contract and they need composition, I'll probably tell them about you first because it just is easy that way. It works really well. Well, yeah. We also, the thing about that though is we also do music composition or at least some of us, like Josh and I both do music. Right, but that's not, I mean, I don't think that I would consider that our selling point no but if, if it, I, I guess like to strike cast point like if, if someone asked us for music mm-hmm. and we felt we're qualified to do it we're probably going to do it for sure yeah but if yeah. we can't if there's a reason why it's not going to be us then we know we would throw it to somebody else instead of just be like nope sorry oh that's fair no i i would i would love to hook up thomas and seth yep seth i, I haven't met seth actually yeah he's a good dude i'm sure he's a cool guy yeah um Jay Tolan says, uh, that's why communities like Discord are great, because a lot of people ignore cold emails, even though if it would be just asking for advice, and I understand that totally, but then again, if you don't have a chance to meet live, what else are you going to do? Um, yeah, and, and that's kind of why, like, we, we have a lot of, like, big names in the Discord server, too. Like, we have, I, I don't want to name specifically who they are, just in case people outside of this listening. Yeah, but, like, what's-his-face and uh, the guy? And, and um, that guy, yeah. Dude, that name, dude with the hair. <laughs> well, we have... The Face Brothers. <laughs> That's right. The, uh, the the Discord handle name person. Yeah. Uh, no, but we have we have people that worked on League of Legends and people that worked at EA mm-hmm. or currently do work at EA. People that work at Epic. Like we have a lot of like a lot of variety and like a lot of big names here too. Um, yeah. It, it helps when somebody who's new to sound design or trying to make it in the industry or just wants to learn and just wants to be mm-hmm. friends. Just like oh well. There's accessibility right yeah. here. Especially for places that don't have the, the in-person accessibility. Like, I went to a, this place called Patchworks for an audio meetup last year, early, early this year. I can't remember when. And it was basically just a bunch of audio design, like sound designers showing off their like modular synth setups and their big cases and stuff. And one of the guys that I stood there talking to for a while about what this, this thing he built and then I found out after the fact, I was like, oh, that's Chris Burgess. He did what now? Oh, I see. And it's so much, I was actually pretty pleased that I did not know that before I was talking to him because it was a lot easier to talk to him when I didn't realize that he right. did sound for Shadow of War and all these other things. And he's a super nice guy and he didn't even bring it up. And it was just like, let's talk about my giant box of synth, mod- you know, synth modules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that with, um, I think that at the end of the day, in person is always going to be the best, mm-hmm. but... I mean, you also have other ways to show off who you are, and you also have ways to get to know other people. And I think that, I, I guess online you do still get like that a little bit of like that personality um, crossover, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that. Like I can get to know Chris online if he puts out a portfolio and I, he puts out videos where he's talking and such. Um, I can and Chris can get to know me through like the Blip Sound site, which has like the Ryan character and like the website and and the YouTube videos and such. Um, and I don't know if it's as good. Well, I guess you and I kind of had our entire relationship built online. Mm-hmm. We did meet in person initially, but yeah. I wouldn't have known that if you didn't tell me. Right. Maybe online is as good, but maybe online just has a greater barrier of entry, I guess, or a higher wall to climb. I think if you're at, if, if you consider a full proper friendship to be represented by a number, and we'll say a hundred, meeting people in person and talking to them regularly in that way 
every meeting, every interaction is going to be like worth like 40 points. And then you have like an, you know, do stuff over the internet and, you know, all of your interactions are going to be worth a lot less. And so it takes longer to build a persona and a friendship on, on the internet than if you, because I mean, this I is just how Chris kind of, actually looks at his friendships. <laughs> Numbers yes. that Chris, points that Chris awards are arbitrary to Chris. Everybody's <laughs> just a number. Um, but like I, you know, I had met Akash once or twice um, passively, once at his PAX panel where I found out who he was. And then uh, I think at one other game audio meetup, but then we had a bash up in Bellingham that was like a two and a half hour drive north of here and he needed a ride home. And I was like, I can give Akash a ride home. And by the time we got to his house, we were friends because we just spent two hours in a car together. That's and crazy. that's the kind of thing that you'll never have happen online. Yeah, no, you're, that's true. I, I Actually, but the equivalent to that would be, no, you're right. That, that's like a lot of quality time together. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that well, I think that this what we're doing here is kind of an equivalent, though. I will say, yeah, like we we are hanging out with a community and like, I don't know, yeah, maybe it's, maybe yeah, one it's of these just times. it's an equivalent, but instead of twenty points, it's five. Like it still counts. It just isn't as heavy. You're right. You're right. I agree with that. Um, I will say, um, I mean, maybe maybe sometime we can get like the blip stream, like and bring people in to chat and talk and hang with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that if. I don't want to pick favorites or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of tough. So um, maybe it could be a random draw or something like that. What we're gonna, what we'll do instead is pick anti-favorites. We won't <laughs> tell you who we like the most, but boy, you'll find out who's the worst. That's what's good. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, oh, you never got chosen. Well, maybe yeah, you're the well, worst. <laughs> don't you think maybe you probably should have? It's your fault. <laughs> you should feel bad. <laughs> really funny um oh awesome who have you what have you done projects with or you said you've done projects with four different people that sounds fun how come i wasn't invited <laughs> yeah what the yeah hell is this what's what the deal of, <laughs> what kind of traitor shit is going on here yeah what's this <laughs> that just actually gave me a really great name to use for something i don't maybe even just a username would be trader joe <laughs> nice <laughs> very good um i uh Am I a voice actor? I actually put out a voice acting, uh, a, vo- a voiceover reel when I was in college. I had a, oh. I, can, I can do voices. I, I'm just, it's more like character voices though. Yeah. Um, I could definitely do voiceover. I wouldn't be doing the Blip Sounds YouTube channel if I couldn't. <laughs> so you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but you don't know how good I make you look when I edit it, Ryan. <laughs> Boy, I could tell you a story. If these walls could talk. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I had a demo though. Um, I decided just to put out a voice acting reel. I was I was really big in like the Newgrounds community um, mm. when that was a thing. Um, cool. I was part of the audio community. I put out a lot of music. I started to get into sound design there. Um, I was like one of the only sound designers. Oh, uh, and then so I got into voice acting a little bit actually. Um, cool. And voice acting, it's a lot of investment. I feel like if I were to get into voice acting. Again, I think I would probably just like do a bunch of projects for free, um, yeah. just because I—it's just something I enjoy, you know. It's not something I—if I make yeah. money off of it, that'd be great. But like, boy, I tell you though, the, vo- the the lucrativity of voice acting is very high. If you do it professionally, or even in a situation where anyone is willing to pay you, they will pay you an outrageous amount of money for your work. Interesting. Um, yeah, I I just finished my first round of voice acting voiceover 101 with rick may 
the voice actor for uh, Peppy and Andros from Star Fox 64, among other things. No way! Oh, I didn't, yes, okay. sir. I didn't know that's what it was. Okay. Or who it yeah, was. Yeah, and he's uh, also Soldier in Team Fortress 2 and all kinds of stuff. But the fourth class of 101 was all about how to get started, you know, how, what you can expect, you know, how to get an agent, how to get a demo reel, what you can expect to make for union versus non-union and all these other things. And the first thing that he pointed us to for like really easy, early access non-union work is to read for audiobooks. Yeah. And I just got done signing up for that. I need to make a couple of samples that put up there still, but I think that's going to be a lot of fun to try to do that. And, you know, it's, you know, it's like 50 bucks an hour up front before you, you know, when anybody decides uh, what Ooh. kind of strength you have in it. But then once you start getting paid to do it, it's 200 bucks an hour. Wow. VO for reading an audiobook. And I mean, it's, it's like, draining. Yeah, it's like, uh, that's like when people, right. when somebody hires you for like $20, $30 an hour, like, mm -hmm. and you're working 40 hours a week. You're really probably working 20 hours a week. Let's be real. Right. But, but like when you're right. and it's, when you're getting paid on the clock for that, you're talking the, probably the entire time. That's so draining. Right. Oh yeah. And he talked about like and even in that um, I know that voice documentary. Tom Kenny was talking about like you will only do you four hour sessions, um, and I think I think the audiobook reads are like two hour sessions a day every time that you go in but i mean that's a cool 400 bones and then you just do that throughout the week until you finish your shit and then you get your money and then that's just one step closer to getting like a sag after card and being a professional and all you know all video game sound voiceover work is all union and all these other things and just a really nice outline and i just he drew out a really nice path for how to get into that and it's like yeah i'll get into that i'll give that a shot yeah um i i that's that sounds nice though. I mean, mm -hmm. that. I wonder why it's so. I guess it's just not easy to do. Like that's really what it is, and people have to take the leap to like record their own voice and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Once you, I think once you get past like the nervousness of it, or feeling silly, or not wanting to hear yourself, and really just because the one on one steps for making sure that you sound half decent are all pretty straightforward, and you know just get a coach and read a few things, have them tell you what needs to be fixed, but getting decently good at it actually doesn't take a lot of work. And then once you get past, because there's a bunch of different stuff too, like there's commercials and there's narration and there's VO, but then once you get into the voice acting section, then you have to worry about also acting. And that's when things kind of get a little bit more I see. difficult to oh, okay. I see. compare to yourself to other people. But yeah, just doing like commercial voiceover or reading a book like you need to have some <laughs> dynamics and i read a know, book I, i'd like to read i like to read books and i'd like to read it out loud so i might as well get paid for it <laughs> yeah and my dad when i was like 15 my dad got this self-help book from a friend of his and he was like well i can't stand reading but could you record yourself reading this out loud i'll give you like 200 dollars." and i was like no <laughs> no i will not do that and now it's like yeah sure i'll do that <laughs> really funny <laughs> so uh do you have like a can you demo your uh voiceover voice for us uh no look forward in the next uh video essay that we do on youtube oh true <laughs> uh exciting yeah uh nobody really knows this yet but um chris is going to be the first person other than well brian i guess yeah chris is gonna Could be brian the, well brian does the competition oh sure yeah um Chris is going to uh, have his voice on the YouTube channel soon. 
Yes. And, uh, do you want to talk about the video you're going to do? Or? Um, it's about underwater sounds, and I don't know where we landed on what if it's going to be about how to make things sound like they are underwater. I, I think or we're just, just to... going to be like an analysis of like underwater okay. sounds as a whole, and then maybe we'll like yeah, show yeah. off like some comparisons between. Um, okay. Yeah. I can I can dig that. And actually, I was playing Celeste earlier today. I saw actually, that. Might have been last night. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a sequence where I got just got to this area where there is some water, and if you just uh, if you're above the water, the music's fine, and then you get below the water, the music changes, and that's one of my favorite, super easy little pieces of sound design. Same thing as in Banjo Kazooie and Mario and stuff, where the music is just a watery version of what it is above the water, and that's just that's always great. That's always so needed now that it happens all the time. But it, but it's like that is the kind of thing that I feel like you could probably you would have to do an F mod or maybe because I don't imagine you have write a whole separate song would you um for like I mean I guess it depends for, for like the difference between above water and below and underwater oh different songs now uh yeah. unless the instrumentation actually changes yeah and that's that's kind of the thing I was wondering too because I think in Banjo-Kazooie for example it changes oh yeah they, they actually swap okay so what Banjo-Kazooie does is they have um different tracks themselves so like they have mm -hmm. Or no, no, I'm trying to, I can't remember. It's either, because it's, it's all played in MIDI, technically. Like, it's mm -hmm. it's played on a uh, on a sequencer within the N64. Um, and then they just change the samples of the, that the MIDI is actually, or the sequencer is actually playing. Um, okay. So I can't remember. Yeah, because they could only have a certain number of voices at the same time. And uh, mm -hmm. Banjo-Kazooie is actually very innovative in that sense. But today, you would just, if you're doing an underwater effect, then you're probably just going to add a low pass filter on it, honestly. Kind of mm -hmm. like what we did for the uh, My Friend Pedro video. Um, yeah. But if, but you could also, I guess you would kind of like either resample or re record the entire music track or resample it or remove some instruments. You know, there's a lot of small stuff you could do to like mm -hmm. kind of remake it but yeah you do actually if you are changing the instrumentation then you do have to remake it to a degree if you're recording live it's a lot harder of course but if you're doing right. midi and you're using uh sampled instruments then it's it can be easier depending on what the instrumentation is and how much midi programming needs to be done cool yeah um we definitely could talk about dynamic music at some point too on the youtube channel i feel like that's a pretty good topic yeah, for sure. I think that would work out really nice. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, so look forward to that. That'll be me on VO for that. And then, yeah, I don't know, maybe if I end up recording a book, I'll tell you about it. And you can <laughs> go listen to me read you a book. I have been thinking about do, like writing a book for the Blip Sounds community. Just like some like very basic, like, um, just some like basic sound design. Because like we, we talk about like really basic sound design stuff, like, uh, like thematic sound design, envelopes, like what breaks down a sound effect um mm -hmm. and, and i think that at its core we could really talk really in depth about or i could at least um i don't know yeah. how everybody else, else feels I, i'm definitely very analytical on like the individual sound effect level mm -hmm. um, i'm starting to find that i'm very good with thematic sound design yes it's like coming up with a lot of interesting ideas to stay within the theme of how something and and honestly like the thematic sound design is such a good like theory just because of you can make it into whatever you want it to be like mm -hmm. i can i was talking to uh, a game audio training series subscriber in a call yesterday 
he was asking about like how thematic sound design can work and I was like well if I want to use ice in a recording or if like the theme is ice because there's like an ice attack or an ice spell or something like that then I'm going to use ice but yeah. to step even further than that why don't I try freezing something weird like why don't I try freezing chocolate syrup and see what and see how that sounds or or try like half freezing it or try freezing olive oil or maybe find something that kind of resembles ice like maybe take a plastic bottle and see if you can make that sound icy which a lot of people mm-hmm. do or take glass which also has like that high pitched kind of like crystallized sound effect if you were to break it or something like that and I use a lot of glass for like any ice recordings that I do too but um yeah you can see like how my mind went from one of those instances to another pretty clearly mm-hmm. but it's not like anybody's writing the rule book on it you know like it's it's just it's in the eye of the beholder right well the thing that I like think to think about too in terms of who is writing the rule book on it is how much sound is related to object density and so it's like if you need something that sounds like ice and you find something that has a similar density to ice like glass and things like that like if you just think about everything scientifically from a, like you know, chemistry or whatever perspective then you can always have a pretty good idea of what your sound situation is going to be like when you use uh, helium and it makes you talk higher it's because it's a less dense air and that's how sound works with a less dense air and then there's you go the opposite to sodium whatever it was i can't remember and then you sound like a monster oh oh and yeah it's like well now if you now if you were to you know theoretically fill a chamber with that air and then record sounds of things happening in that room every single thing would suddenly sound different than it ever did before because you're using a less yep. a denser medium to portray sound yeah and it's really, yeah, once you start mixing in the science of how sound works into all kinds of different things, it opens up a bunch of neat opportunities for yeah, and you, you had changing an, sounds. You had an interesting idea, too. Yeah, the radio thing? Yeah. I really want to try that out, because I think it would be cool. Yeah. Oh, no, but, not that. Yeah. You had an idea with the, whatever, the helium. Oh, yeah, the, the it's like a, it's like barium sulfide or something. The one that makes you... Yeah, yeah. when you speak and so opposite of helium basically but yeah just fill a fill a room or like a box with that air and then record physical would sounds that actually like, a, work? like something together it would have to i mean it's tricky because well because you're if you're if it's because it's just a denser gas that's why your voice sounds low. right but if you were to like clap for example wouldn't the air particles shift or would it would it be like... I mean, they would. Would they shift so... But, oh, no, but they wouldn't because you don't... It's. I guess it's kind of like the equivalent of like having bubbles underwater. There wouldn't be bubbles because... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. And so you just make sure that your like your mic is in the same space as that air, and then it's just going to reproduce... I would want to try that. That's really interesting. Way. Me too. I really want to test that out. It's really cool. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's super, super interesting. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening to all of you guys on the website, and... Uh, yeah, uh, come, if you guys want to hang out with us on the stream, I guess we're going to start doing this every once in a while um, where we yeah, we'll record. This is fun. I, I think this get, is a great. Get more people. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, you know, set set up a schedule so that people don't have to, you know, drop their sandwich to come join us. But... <laughs> wow, they would drop a sandwich for us? <laughs> it depends. It looks like maybe only three people are willing to drop a sandwich for us. But... Everybody else has sandwich in hand going, nope. Yeah, full fully gripped sandwich <laughs> remains. <laughs> 
Nope, you're not, you're not gonna get, get me to drop my sandwich. No siree. Well, uh... Yeah, and then Austin's like, well, why not both? Why not both? Why not? Um, well, cool. There are people listening live right now uh, to us record this podcast, so if you want to hang out with and us... You could be one of them. It could be, you could be one of them. Uh, and we have, like, a text chat that you can post things in. Um, I don't know if that's going to make it in the episode. Uh, we're just going to play this by ear, but... Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you guys next episode. Okay. Um, so, what are we telling the children?